Hey there, welcome back to International Nations News. This is your host, Nathan Stevens, and today we will be discussing the most recent United Nations Summit on Nuclear Weapons Proliferation. Today in the studio, I have with me Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Prime Minister, how are you doing today? Hey, Nathan, it's great to be with you. Like you said, we just got back from the uh, UN summit this past week on nuclear weapons proliferation, and I'm happy to be here and talk about Australia's perspective in the negotiations. So, Prime Minister, if you will, just go ahead and walk me through what Australia's perspective was during this past week's negotiations on uh, nuclear weapons proliferation at the United Nations. How did Australia see um, specifically North Korea's um, nuclear program as a uh, as either a threat or as as a force that you know could be dealt with what did what did australia think going into these negotiations well nathan um i could say right off the bat that australia was very hesitant to give north korea any sort of leeway um when it came to giving them validation as a nuclear state or giving them any sort of um, repertoire in the international community um, as a state that deserves to have nuclear weapons and can do that responsibly. Um, We were siding with the United States initially and following their lead because they traditionally are very anti, uh, you know, accepting North Korea as an official nuclear state. But lots of other countries in the negotiations had actually warmed up to North Korea and the idea of um, letting them have nuclear weapons and trying to do that in a way that was, in their eyes, safe to the international community. Thanks for running me through Australia's perspective um, when it came to these negotiations this past week, Prime Minister. If you will, go ahead and walk me through the specific elements in any resolutions that, that came up. Um, as well as any actions you might have taken to further your interests um, for the disarmament of the Korean Peninsula. How did your interests change over time uh, during these negotiations? Well, Nathan, we were actually surprised at how accepting the international community became over a very short amount of time um, with letting North Korea have nuclear weapons. And so as a show of force and as as a show of Australia's opinion in this matter, we took a very direct um, offensive move to put Australian warships right off the coast of North Korea, hoping that this would signal to countries, allied countries, such as the United States and the United Kingdom, that Australia was not okay with giving any validation towards this uh, dangerous regime. And so we made that move unilaterally ourselves. And in doing so, we actually found out that we were backed by um, Japan, um, as well as a couple other small countries, in the opinion that North Korea should not, under any circumstances, be accepted as a nuclear state. When we did this, however, the the United States actually pulled out their nuclear umbrella from Australia. And that was, that frankly crossed the line and we were boxed into a corner. So 
we had to accept the fact that North Korea was likely to be admitted as a nuclear state in the international community. And so two, two working papers really uh, emerged and um, they both kind of had the same goal in mind of letting North Korea into the international community as an accepted nuclear state. But one of those papers did so under the guise of um, not letting them be a formal member of the MPT. And uh, that was the subverting the MPT resolution. And the other resolution, the North Korean nuclear agreement, um, basically requested a multilateral summit um, where the, D- the DPRK would be privileges similar to that of joining the MPT, um, but they still wouldn't be a formal member of the MPT. Um, and so secondly, that resolution, uh, further non-proliferation and trust building between um, states of the MPT and North Korea uh, by doing several things, such as fostering uh, imports and exports, um, letting North Korean nationals work abroad, as well as uh, establishing the allowment of money transfers in and out of the country. And so we had to take a step back and realize, you know what, let's actually step away from our offensive position and let's let North Korea have a voice in the international community. And so we decided that we actually wanted to try to develop diplomatic relations with um, North Korea in an effort to better secure the world. Prime Minister, wow, those are some major steps. Um, Some major escalation and then de-escalation that you took this past week. What really, I mean, you said said that the United States pulling their nuclear umbrella kind of brought you to your new, new point of opinion. But what else added to your acceptance of letting North Korea become a nuclear state? Well, Nathan, what North Korea really appreciated was the negotiation between South and North Korea Korea, to officially end the Korean War. And we saw that as a serious, tangible step where North North Korea had essentially proved, put some facts behind their legitimacy as a country, and we could put a little bit more trust in them to not proliferate their nuclear weapons any further. Well, Prime Minister... I just have one last question, and it's about what you, as the representative of Australia, brought to the table this week. How do you feel like you added something tangible to these negotiations to the point where they wouldn't have gone the same way if you hadn't been there? Nathan, thank you so much for asking that. So I really don't think these negotiations would have gone the same way if Australia hadn't taken some decisive offensive measures during the beginning of this week by moving our warships into uh, the surrounding waters of North Korea. I think a lot less pressure would have been put onto North Korea um, if we hadn't done that. And so, like I said, uh, the two resolutions worked out and eventually they both actually passed. Um, And so because of that, um, North Korea was essentially uh, part of the international community in terms of nuclear weapons. And what happened right when they became a member of that community is they started launching weapons off the coast towards Japan, one of Australia's closest allies. And so if anything, 
Australia saw that measure that North Korea took right after it had been admitted in a legitimate uh, circumstance as <laughs> as a proven way of seeing that Australia was actually correct this whole time and and thinking that North Korea uh, couldn't be trusted in the first place. And so Australia really was the loudest, most vocal voice saying that North Korea shouldn't be admitted um, to the wider community of, of nuclear weapon holders. And I would say that we, we were certainly correct in thinking that. So with that being said, Nathan, um, I'd just like to thank you for our time today. Thank you for having me. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Well, Prime Minister, I think that your claim of uh, Australia actually being right the whole time holds a, holds a certain amount of legitimacy. Um, and I'd just like to say thank you as well for, for being here. And I look forward to talking to you sometime, hopefully in the future. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been International Nations News. I'm your host, Nathan Stevens. And I'm actually signing off. This is our last episode of the, of the podcast. Um, so you'll see me when you see me. Have a good one. Bye-bye.